0: hi everyone it's hannah and holly and we're just here to say that um if you are enjoying the show and you want to show us some support we ha- now have a patreon um, which will be linked in the description so head on over there we've got very exciting things coming uh, including celebrity corner Yay. and bad book club so Woo. if that's something you'd like to hear more about go check it out and check thank you out. for your enduring support we love you
1: enjoy the podcast Hi! Hello! <laughs> Welcome to Culture Hang. Back at it again, uh with some classic culture and some classic hanging. And just all round good vibes. The vibes Good vibes, yeah, Good vibes. Getting the right vibes is what what is happening yep. today. And you know, that's what you need in your life. What we do here is we talk about culture <laughs> pop culture, that is. <laughs> What and we talk about what's been happening in the week but we also talk about what's happened years ago and I think that's the beauty of it that's what really makes it culture hang and not just culture now maybe we um, should have called it so, culture now that sounds good now yeah, you've I said know. it now I'm thinking that's kind of a good name chance. <laughs> name change rebranding <laughs> then we'll do another mini-sode and call it culture now um, and we'll get you your culture right as it's happening <laughs> live stream um, culture yeah Holly hello you can talk now um about <laughs> pop culture <laughs> um what's your week in pop culture?
0: I have struggled with selecting pop culture moments this week
1: that's okay that's part of life It's part
0: of life because this week has been really hard. <laughs>
1: In in culture or, or in life in general? I think in, in culture.
0: General. I think with my life, my life's alright. But
1: yeah. <laughs> in the outside yeah. world. <laughs> uh, not to brag, but like things <laughs> are going well for me. But everything well. else is burning. <laughs> burning. <laughs> the fires are going around me. But everything else for me is great.
0: <laughs> well, all the friggin' Meghan Markle stuff. And we're still dealing with that. And I'm like... Mm. but I
1: know. Do you know how cruel this is to me and Holly as well? Because we've stayed so okay. many times. <laughs> We don't care about the royals. Yeah, it's
0: all that's being talked about. It's all the media can focus well, on.
1: Yeah, and like it seems like the point, we can't really mm. not address it. Um, but like, what is there left to say that you haven't already t- heard? You Do you know, know what I found
0: ridiculous? That they showed it what? on the Saturday in America. All the British yeah. papers reported everything that was said and then they did it uh-huh. again when it was played in the UK on Saturday, Sunday evening. And you think... What? Is there nothing else we could be talking... Yes, there is. There's hundreds of things we could be talking about. There was...
1: Yeah, that's the thing. There were actual things that could have been talked about that day. Like, for example, I think the same day that it was coming out in the UK, like, care homes in England had just, like, allowed visitors in or, like, people to see... So some people... That was the first time they'd oh seen, like, God. one of their parents in, oh. like, a year, in so long. And it was such... And obviously, they had to be distanced, yeah. they had to wear masks. Like, can you imagine that? And then, like, the only thing the news was really saying is, Meghan Markle, do we like her, yeah. do we not? And, like, y- yeah, we do. Well, I like her, but I would love to be indifferent on the topic yeah. because I don't care. Yeah,
0: I'm really... I'm tired of people talking about her because what they want ideally obviously they need to get money somehow and if you it's yeah. their trauma to do with it well they will I am not yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm not against them I'm not against her no. I'm against the media's fixation on her and the royal family which is the biggest distraction which just lets the British government do whatever they want because everyone's distracted and everyone's focused on the infighting of some weird family
1: who cares who isn't that who weird cares? like don't we have enough family issues of you our would own? Not right? going and latching on to another family. Leave them alone. And also again like people being like, "Oh, the royal family, no, they won't be racist."
0: <laughs> of course <laughs> they are. Have people forgotten any, she is the last monarch family of, the, in,
1: of the empire? Have people forgotten if, literally if any family in the UK is going to be mm-hmm. racist? And I'm not saying that they're going out and just being outwardly but racist. But they are. It, and, but Yeah, of course they are. It's ingrained (laughs) in who they are. I think, yeah. And did anyone think that they wouldn't be? Like, it would be nice to see them working on it, which is what they've said they've done. (laughs) But to claim that it just doesn't exist (laughs) is so stupid. And why would anyone think that? That's ignorant. And the pictures
0: (laughs) of... So, which one was it? The old one that's going to be william oh, he's come out and said the royal family is yeah. categorically not a racist family but then all those pictures came out of him and kate in um i can't remember where it was but they're being carried by people of color yeah. on thrones like it's the high day of the friggin empire and you think
1: exactly you want this look
0: this is this was 2012 you idiot like nobody it's a joke i think before i knew really who the royal family were obviously you know the queen But the extended royal family, I knew it was a joke that they were racist before I knew who they were. Like, Prince Philip and Charles, you knew that they were racist before you knew what... So, like, oh, I'm just sick of it. and I'm sick of them being in the news, and I think Meghan Markle's treatment, obviously, is continually... She's being racistly attacked all the time. This is her trauma to talk about. It's great. Start a conversation. But Piers Morgan walking off to join some right-wing TV network because... And everyone's like, it's because she jolted him. Like what yeah this
1: <laughs> how is it her well fault? she did jolt
0: him he was had this story where he was on like one of the talk shows a few years ago and he was saying the night that um he was having dinner with Meghan Markle he was at a party mega Markle oh, okay. and she was drunk and he put her in a cab and then he was like kind of joking about it and then that night she went to a different party and met prince harry so he's so that's why people are kind of like, ew, you're a disgusting man. That's that weird. This... I
1: didn't know that bit of information. Yeah. That's really weird.
0: So his like oh. attack of her was probably because he felt like she jolted him, even though that she probably never, oh. he's just, no. he's a, oh, he's a disgusting man. But yeah, that was the other thing that it was satisfying watching him walk off in disgrace. Yeah. But he's not going to go away. Because. No,
1: he never will.
0: And all these like female presenters on ITV, like Lorraine Kelly and Bloody Suzanne (laughs) Reid, and I'm like, they're all like, Amanda Holden, he's a good man. Oh, but he's a great and loyal
1: friend. I'm like, The one who annoys me the most is Susanna Reed because yes. she makes her career off him yeah. and being like, oh, P.S., don't say that, but mm. allowing him to say these harmful yeah. things because it means that she has a career. Yeah. She never once, if she really was offended by what he was saying, she, could have stopped she would have stopped him years ago. Mm. She never did. And so the idea that now it's like, oh, good for Susanna, like she's getting her time to shine and <sighs> he's off, like she always wanted No. To... no. This was, she was the orchestration. She's probably disappointed, to be honest. Yeah. Because now, like sadly, the show—I mean, I never liked it—but the morning show they were on mm. will not get as many views yeah. because there were people tuning in to see Pierce just be offensive, yeah. which is, and like then that would go viral on Twitter later in the day, so then they'd get more views on something on like the next day, no. something like that. I, no, I don't like anyone on that show. I'm sorry. Except yeah. the guy that called Pierce out. Like, he was great, but him. it
0: also shows you that. <laughs> if Piers Morgan, in the name of like free speech, and this is what annoys me about free speech debate, like if TikTok can censor people <laughs> talking about sexual assault or sex ed, and people have to make different yeah. words to talk about these issues to educate people, mm. and yet hate crime can be spewed and grooming stuff, and it's like this is not yeah. free speech that we don't live with a free speech protected world, and thinking that you can say whatever you want it's not why? Why? Why can't you just be kind to people, Pierce? Who hurt you, you horrible little man?
1: Did you actually? Did you watch the? Did you watch the interview? one? The Oprah. Oh, one? No, no, it was super long. I didn't watch it, but like I've seen clips throughout the week. Full support to Meghan and Harry and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. There was one clip that I like. I think people have recognized as being a tad weird. Not in like just take away all the context <laughs> and how you feel about anyone. When Meghan was like. It was like I was the Little Mermaid. Oh, and... I have seen this. I have seen this. I have seen this. <laughs> like, bless her, but that was cringy. That was really cringy. She had to Megan, find her voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And she was like, and now I have my voice. And so I was like, oh, like, I get oh. what you're saying and power to you. But like, <gasps> you're a grown woman. <laughs> <laughs> you're like 35. Stop. <laughs> yeah, stop watching The Little Mermaid. <laughs> well, she's <gasps> like a Disney think- adult. Oh my god. But couldn't she be like, I don't know, there's so many adult references she could have made, like, for example, you could be like, the yellow wallpaper. I felt like the woman in the yellow wallpaper, and I was being trapped and driven mad. That's an adult reference. A
0: literary adult reference. That's an adult
1: (laughs) reference. Whenever I say adult references, I think it means like I'm talking about porn or something. (laughs) That's the adult reference she made.
0: Um, Well, I feel like we have to address the main pop culture moment of the week which mm. is the new film house of gucci it's beautiful with adam driver oh, hannah's yeah. fave and lady gaga my fave and the pictures are incredible Do already
1: you know, when i first found out this film was happening with Lady Gaga and Adam Driver
0: on the message boards, probably she
1: knew before yeah, everyone. It was <laughs> it was on Twitter. It was on Adam Driver Twitter. If you're on there, um, it like I honestly the thought going through my head was you know that TikTok sound that's like when worlds collide, and I was thinking that about like this is mine and Holly's worlds colliding. It's the and perfect- it's just- It's
0: like if if we sat down and we're yeah. like, what do we need? the most yeah, right now. This we is need it. a collaboration.
1: <laughs> like of... oh. Nice clothes, nice yeah. places to go on holiday, and then our two favourite people. Huh. Sounds like we're in a dream. Cause <laughs> How did that happen for us? And I don't know. I think we need to shout out some of the pictures that were taken this week. Yes, there is the <laughs> one that probably everyone's seen, the, the one that was on Lady Gaga's Instagram, but the favourite ones is Lady Gaga feeding Adam Driver. Why?
0: <laughs> she's so small. She's like a she's teeny tiny. Isn't she like she's five foot? Just, she's five foot two, I think.
1: She's five and foot two. He's like a foot and a bit taller than her. <laughs> she's
0: reaching out with both arms to feed this giant man. And then my favourite one I think has definitely been the one I sent you yesterday, which is her feeding him a giant chromatica Oreo. <laughs> Why does she have it? And why is it that big? Why is it not? Like, Wait, the Holly, size? the picture's
1: what? edited. <gasps> Did you not know that? Real?
0: No, I thought it was.
1: Holly, real. <laughs> why would that exist? <laughs> the picture, the initial picture, is her feeding <laughs> had a calzone for some reason. Well, yeah, I thought. So, I then I thought she moved on for she like moved into on the and dessert, got, and somehow had in in. Italy, had managed to get <laughs> her hands on a massive Lady Gaga Oreo. Like, guys, for reference, the size of the Oreo is probably like the size of an average person's face. It's a baby's head. Yeah, a like... baby's <laughs> head. That's incredible. I didn't. Know, I would have informed you earlier than on this very podcast if I was aware that that was what you thought.
0: I thought she just kept them as like a PR thing in her Maybe bag. Maybe she does. Like, go... imagine
1: if I'm wrong and she just has loads of <laughs> but it, just the pairing of them is so odd, but incredible. The fact yeah. that he's in a wig and blue contact lenses is just, oh,
0: I haven't. Oh, yeah. She's seen, she's zoomed in in the picture to see the contact lenses. I didn't. No, <laughs> I
1: didn't initially. I didn't initially <laughs> until people were saying, "Oh my god, why has he got blue eyes?" And I was like, "I need to see <gasps> this." It all seems like I have entered an, an alternative timeline. Because why? <laughs> How does this exist? But I am happy it does, and I can't wait for it to come out. Um, Yeah, it's going to be incredible. Yeah, give up. But then we have to admit that one of our less less favorite men is also going to be in it. Jared Boo. Leto.
0: Um, he's probably there on his Gucci contract because oh, yeah. you know, like, he does all the ad campaigns, doesn't he?
1: <laughs> well, you know that Adam Driver's probably going to be in about half an hour of the film and then he's going to no. die and the rest of it's just going to be Jared Leto being like, I have a cult. And that'll be it. Well, I I have one, but <gasps> it's a long one. and Oh, I'm ready. Um, So this week, something happened that we have been waiting for In that on Thursday, Vanity Fair finally posted the Army Hammer expose, and it was very long, and I read it all. It probably probably wasn't that long, like it's not the longest thing I've read, but boy, I didn't, I can't (laughs) say I really learned a bunch of new stuff, and Hmm. unlike what many suspected, there was no mention of him murdering anyone, so <laughs> I think he's clean of murdering someone at the minute. Uh but Before
0: w- we start, mm. I last night mm-hmm. we watched Made You Look on Netflix, okay. which is about how Michael Hammer, Army Hammer's dad's gallery, managed to dupe people into selling eighty million dollars worth of. Art. I was
1: going to watch this, I didn't it's know. So it was good. about his dad. It's him.
0: And then it was like Army Hammer, and they kept showing pictures of him and I'm like oh, my God, it's oh, this, Michael Hammer, sorry. And I was like, oh, it's him. And then I was, I was like, mum, dad, his, his, their son's are cannibal. Look, it's like a rotten ant." And they didn't care. They were like, mum's like, don't tell me anymore. I don't, I will have nightmares. I was like,
1: okay. But Stop this is talking exciting. to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yes, I didn't know that was about him. That's so exciting. Yeah. Anyway. If anyway, you have tell me. been like on TikTok and on Twitter and looking into it a lot while it's been happening, some of this news might not be fully new to you, so I'm sorry. But some of it still wasn't new to me. Okay. So I'm gonna read like some of the more interesting things that I found out in the article. Um, oh. and the main thing is, so we start with sort of them giving us family history on the Hammer family. And I think my takeaway from this is these people had too much money because it screams you know when people have so much wealth that they're just very odd like they will just Mm. i feel like they kill for fun that sort of yes that didn't happen but you know um (laughs) so (laughs) it's going to get confusing because there's a lot of men and um all of the bad (laughs) yeah so we start with army's great great grandfather oh my god, we're going this far? <laughs> They're all, like, there is just a line of men in this family who are just problematic, so. <laughs> so, Ami's great-great-grandfather is called Dr. Julius Hammer, and basically, he gave the wife of a Russian diplomat an abortion, and she died from it. <gasps> so, he went to jail. That pretty much ended up, you know, pretty fast. That's he what went, he did. <laughs> yeah, went to jail, for first-degree manslaughter, and then, like, we move on to the next one. Um, and this was Army's great-great-grandfather, and he is equally terrible, if not worse. Um, so great-granddad Armand... Um, yeah, that's his name, Armand. This is who Armie's named after. Had multiple mistresses, uh, which doesn't necessarily mean that he's terrible, but I think this story sort of makes you believe that he is. One prominent mistress was called Martha Ka- Kaufman... And Martha was a mother of two, she had divorced her husband to be with Armand, uh, but then Armand's wife begins to get suspicious, because these two are together for a long time, and so <laughs> Armand's response to this is to make Martha legally change her name to Hilary Gibson, Wear wigs, glasses, and makeup oh. to change her appearance. <laughs> okay. Um, the affair lasted over a deca- decade, and Armin promised to take care of her and her children after he died, um, and she also, during this time, submitted to sexual demands even when they were extremely humiliating. And oh. then Armin dies, and she was left out the will. She was given <gasps> nothing.
0: So- oh, what a tr- Yeah.
1: Rich people. So then we're just on to Army's normal grandfather, Julian. Again, terrible. Julian. Julian. (laughs) (laughs) Julian straight up killed a man. Um, (laughs) There's no way to ease into that. No, supposedly he killed a person because of a gambling debt and because he's like flirting with his wife or something. But you might be thinking, oh, he probably went to prison, and then that was done with. No, no, no. So his father, Army's great grandfather, had a friend deliver fifty thousand dollars in cash to a lawyer in Los Angeles, and then Julian claimed it was self-defense, de- and the charges were dismissed. So he just went on with his life. Um, oh. Then we get on to Michael Army's father, and as we've learned, a dodgy oh, art man. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, uh, Michael did many bad things, I haven't got into all of them, but the most notable thing from the article is he supposedly boasted about a sex throne, or as he called Ew. it, a naughty chair, um, that he kept <laughs> in the Armand Hammer Foundation headquarters in Carpinteria, a warehouse where two people claim My- Michael lived for several years after his divorce. Uh, Also, just a fun fact, a lot of people said that the way Armie's responding to his um, divorce is very similar to the way his father responded to his divorce. So this is just typical Hammer family (laughs) behaviour. The chair was seven feet high and featured a hole in the seat, a cage underneath and a hook, and the Hammer coat of arms is painted on the seat. And there's a photo of Michael sitting on the throne and grinning while holding the head of a blonde woman who is sitting in the cage, also smiling. So that's just a brief look at the Armand Hammer Hanna... dynasty. Dynasty.
0: Um, it's, I feel like it's a evil... Yeah. It's still... Everything I learn about it, it feels like a curse. It feels like they are this rotten... Big family from a fairy book and yet and <laughs> <just> yet, <laughs> rich people and then
1: this is just stuff we kind of learned about Army himself so um, I'm just including the first bit because it just made me laugh and it's talking about how Army clearly from his social media likes you could tell that he was quite into bondage and he particularly liked ropes he talked about this in interviews not in like a sexual way he was just like I like tying notes uh, uh, ropes I've always got ropes with me I'm always tying them His wife, or ex-wife now, Elizabeth, didn't really know how to respond to this hobby, finding it quite odd. And this is... I'm just going to read the next bit to you. A source close to Elizabeth, just makes her seem so sweet, close to Elizabeth said that when he was not working, Army would throw himself into hobbies with great intensity. Several years back, Army introduced Elizabeth to shibari, a Japanese bondage art form in which people are tied up in intricate patterns. Elizabeth tried to be supportive of the new interest, which Army allegedly indulged by buying mannequins and inventing elaborate knots. Elizabeth even tried to find a lucrative spin on the obsession. She suggested he write a book about a hobby called why not? As in why not spell oh. K N O T <laughs> laughed her friend. But like how in it like her response he was like, I want to tie women up in these intricate ways. And she responded by thinking, you could write a hobby book <laughs> Um Which kind of shows how unaware she was of a lot of his character. Yeah. Um but then we see that Army is just a shit husband to Elizabeth. So if he's done anything, like if all the other stuff came out and everyone was like, "No, we were lying," which won't won't be the case. But if that did happen, we still know that he's not a great person because of this. <laughs> According to a friend close to Elizabeth, Army confessed to being unsa- unfaithful shortly after his son's birth. Uh, but claimed it was a one-time oh. offense. Do we believe that? Years later, his friend, uh, this friend, says Elizabeth found evidence of an affair Army was having with his co-star. Which side note, a lot of people suspect that this was Lily James, but that's just um, suspicion. Oh, in Rebecca, yeah, it only came out last year. Well, there was, yeah, but like they were filming it; they were filmed oh, it before yeah. that, and that also it was right to do with a code name that Lily was called on the set, and the wife found te- like a number in the phone under this name. Something oh. like that. Um, Lily James. Sorry, side note.
0: With Dominic West as well. This might not she be true. but like, okay.
1: men. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, Elizabeth found evidence of an affair. Um. The, <laughs> the Hammers had been to expensive family therapy, but to Elizabeth, the indiscretions, <laughs> and more notably, his decision to flee the family during the pandemic, because... He had taken her to be with his family in the Grand Caymans. I didn't know this. I thought she had chosen to be there. He had taken her there, and then it got too much for to him, and he fled oh. during the pandemic because it was too hard for him to be with wow. his family. Anyway, um, were the final straw when Army touched down in the U.S. He mistakenly sent a raunchy text message meant for someone else to his estranged spouse, and Elizabeth then filed for divorce.
0: Oh, poor so, Elizabeth! Like, did you not see from the fam? Like, as soon as you met, and I get that they're probably charming and they rich, yeah. But from pictures of the, in the documentary you watched about Michael Hammer, mm-hmm. he looks mental. Like, he looks unhinged, and it's like if I was brought home, and yet I'd be like, these people are too rich. Like, rich. Well, people, that's the thing. Madness. Apparently,
1: his mum had a very different upbringing. So supposedly was very, like, concerned about their upbringing and making sure they weren't too, like, spoil rich kids. So apparently she tried to, like, yeah, so she was making, but don't feel bad for this woman because she had some choice viewers on when he was starring in Call Me By Your Name in that she wouldn't watch it because it went against her beliefs.
0: Uh, oh my yeah so she's a homophobe towards a straight man pretending to be gay (sighs) Um, somebody make it make sense (laughs) so then we
1: hear from Courtney vasikovic who had a i'm going to say relationship in quotation marks with army in june so she's the one of the women who's come out and spoken against him so this might also explain Elizabeth staying with him or having a different view of him but she says day one he makes you feel bad for him it's when he makes himself look like a victim so apparently he would do stuff like talk about how terrible his childhood was like give you so much information about his upbringing and how terrible it was immediately um then yeah then he love bombs you like crazy you've never felt more special in your entire life uh, and so then all this happens, and then following that, he starts the man- manipulation and the darker stuff, um, and then she, Courtney also says that Army asked her to partake in a bondage scenario that she was not comfortable with, and then he sulked about the fact she wasn't comfortable with doing it, no. and then continued to try and convince her to to do it until she said that she consented to do it. Oh And then God. they speak to Paige Lorenz, who also came out against Army, um, and she the details she set, shares about the getting of their relationship is so eerily similar to what mm. Courtney said that like there's no way
0: This is what happened. Yeah,
1: there's no way you can question it. Um It's just so similar about him making her feel bad for him, then love bombing her, and then manipulating her. It's so similar. And then she describes him as kind of a scary person. And then she also says he would say weird stuff to her, like the line that I think everyone's heard, I want to eat your ribs. Um, And then, I think this is the saddest thing, she says the scariest part of it is that I did love him in a way. I would have let him kind of do anything. He had a certain hold over me. Um... There is a lot more information in this article that if you want to, I would recommend reading it because there's no way I could cover it all because it was long. But they're the bits that were news to me and also the bits that I was like, this shows that army is just a terrible person. So please stop giving your excuses of, well, it's just a kink, so it's okay. Yeah, if something's a kink, that's fine. But he is not doing this consensually and also just seems to be a terrible person in general. So... Stop with those excuses, at least. Uh, but yeah.
0: Yeah, like, it's not even... Because the whole thing about the BDSM community, mm-hmm. and again, we've talked about this in our... We talked... like One of the episodes has, like, Army Howard DMs. Yes. Which is the start of all uh-huh. the beginning of January. Which feels like such a long time I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not... Like, BDSM is all about consent. Yeah. Like, that is such a core part of it. It's to make sure that everyone's okay with it. Yeah. But if... He's just allowed to run off with his fantasies and he finds a way to manipulate people into caring for him. And he's got like a tried and trusted manipulative manipulated technique yeah. that he's that multiple women have come forward and said, Oh yeah, he did the same to me. Yeah. He's done it was like the same story repeated. Mm-hmm. So he knows how to manipulate people and badger sulking. I know grow grow up. Not only are you like cheating on your wife. You're living these double lives, mm-hmm. you're using your money and influence for bad things. It's yeah. like, you know, the power imbalance was already there. Yeah. And he still gets BDSM wrong and he's like, oh, I wanted to do that. Oh, you're not going to do that for me because you don't love me anymore. Oh, I just, Phew. I want him to disappear I also now. find
1: it dodgy, like, about the mum that he would take all these women to meet his mum at, like, really early what? on. What? Really early on. Like, I think it's part of uh, the. Part- as part of the love bombing and Mm. she would just meet them like I feel like if I was doing what he was doing and bringing people home to my mum and like all the time she'd be like hang on like no I'm not partaking in this (laughs) but it's a way of being like oh I'm special like he must be really like me he's introducing me to his family Uh, but he's it to all of them uh, weird stuff but that's awful we should probably move on from men (laughs) <laughs> and talk about yeah. women Um of men yeah, week. So basically this week's topic As you've probably seen Is I think like the mislabeling Of women
0: Well I've been playing around this in my head Because I don't know if Yeah mislabeling, but also women that like Fight against stereotypes yeah. That they try and get boxed into Well yeah um, I think that's
1: exactly what it is Like they are labelled this Like a certain way Yeah and then it's them questioning it and like how, like the impact of that, what the questioning yeah. of it does, like, does it change things or does it just lead people to be even worse? We'll find out in this, in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, am I first? Yeah. There we go. Um, So I'm going to talk about Megan Fox um, and basically look at how, how was she mislabeled? why was she mislabeled and how she was mistreated because of that and then like Mm -hmm. holly says like how well basically she was mistreated because she fought against the labeling of herself so um basically throughout megan fox's career people would sexualize her and objectify her and we'll get more into that if you don't believe me yeah when she questioned this she was labeled as hard work and then blacklisted mm. and couldn't get certain jobs then um so it meant that if she was not being objectified she was just receiving hate uh, and i remember this quite vividly when i was like a child and a teenager mm. the hate she would get because i remember really well being on like facebook one day and someone had shared like that they were making the teenage mutant ninja turtles movie and they were, like, really excited about it. And then I looked at the comments, and it was so many people being like, oh, so annoying that Megan Fox is going to be in it, though. And, like, mm. saying mean stuff about her. And I remember really not understanding it, because I was like, I didn't know what she'd done wrong. And I was yeah. just like, oh, she, she, I don't know. I just felt so, like, impartial. I didn't really feel much about her. I just thought she she looked nice. Mm. And she, I'd seen some yeah. movies she was in. So... I didn't really understand it and now I think looking at it I can understand why people felt that way because they were kind of made to feel that way. Um mm. so it began this mislabel mislabeling began in her early ro- roles in which she was either viewed as, like, the bitch character or the hot girl. So she started in films like Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen with Lindsay Lohan. And because of the typical, like, structure of these films, like teenage films from the early 2000s, There's kind of always a role of, like, this girl that was really attractive, but she was a bitch, and she was, like, the Mm -hmm. evil villain to the protagonist, who was also attractive, but nice. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And you see that a lot, and it really shouldn't have been a thing, because then I think it did implant this thing in, in, like, a lot of young people's heads that, like, if someone's attractive, they're probably going to be a bitch and be horrible. So... I think a lot of people, like a lot of children, probably a lot of young girls had that implanted in their brain that Megan Fox attractive, but probably horrible person. Yeah. However, a lot of young boys were watching her other roles where she was being betrayed in a different way. So she starts off in Bad Boys 2. She's in like the background for two seconds. And the director had her dance under a waterfall in like a bar Dressed in a Stars and Stripe bikinis, uh, bikini. And it is worth mentioning that when the director told her to do this, she, the reason he did it was because she couldn't be filmed sitting at the bar because she was only 15 at the time. <gasps> so he had to So self- instead? Mm-hmm. Instead of being oh, like, she's too young God. to be in the scene, he decided that they should have her dancing under a waterfall in a bikini. Um, so that's, that's something. 15. Yep. And oh this role this role led to a lot of other similar roles where she was just seen as hot girl and that was it. Um yeah. so this is particularly seen in her role in the Transformers franchise, which I think she got at nineteen, so only a couple of years after. Um God. so a lot of young girls and young people are either seeing her as like I've seeing her as a bitch because that's how she's portrayed in mm. the movies they're watching, and then predominantly young boys are seeing her as a hot girl with no personality so this is like creating this yeah. dichotomy of how people are viewing yeah. her uh but
0: i saw her in transformers yeah. first like that was the first film i saw her in and I looking so. back you think god that was the only way they could write a woman into the uh a whole yeah alien and it's just and they're like The shots of her leaning over the
1: car. That's the famous shot of her having the car open and like leaning against it. And that's the famous shot. And she's like
0: glistening. She's got tiny little shorts on, tiny little top on. And Shia LaBeouf, who again, Mm -hmm. terrible human piece in person. And. Then it, he's it's whole it's so male gaze. Yeah. It's like if you had to pick a scene, yeah, <laughs> in like the past twenty years that describes a male gaze perfectly, it's any of those kind do of films. Want, it is. But that was my first do introduction Do you want to know tour.
1: which will like something that'll make you realize even more that it was just pure male gaze? So you know how I said about her role in Bad Boys Two, and yeah. how the director had made her do that. Guess who directed 50. Transformers? The same man. Oh, what a Yes, and we will be talking about him a lot. He's called Michael Bay, and we will be talking a lot about what he did to Megan Fox. So, oh. the hate began basically because of him. Because in 2009, yeah. while she was doing press for Transformers 2, she described Michael Bay as terrible to work with, and comparing him... Now, this isn't great. I'm not saying she should have done this. Um, but she compared him to Napoleon, not so bad, and Hitler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to give you the argument of it was a different time. It was 2009. But I think this was a girl who was, I think at the time, she's maybe our age now, so like 22, and she was at the end of her mm. tether. And I think, no, it wasn't the right word yeah. choice, but listen to, yeah. like, to what's being implied. She did not enjoy working with this man. Mm. So after this, um, she was fired from the Transformers franchise and it's widely believed that this comment is why that happened. Um, but in response to the interview, members of Michael Bay's crew released an open letter. And rather suspiciously, this open letter is posted on Bay's own website, which leads some people to suspect that he actually wrote it because he was his yeah, ego cool. was damaged and then was like, no, I didn't do it. It was crew members. Um, and the letter targets Megan with sort of typical sexist comments. It bashes her work ethic and her personality calling her names such as Princess and bitch um her oh her intelligence is also attacked as they called her dumb as a rock um and then one lovely crew member even suggested that being a porn star in the future might be a good career option mm. for her. Um, And then this shape, these comments sort of ingrained within people and that was how they viewed her. They viewed her as this Mm -hmm. stupid, attractive girl who was really only there to be seen as an object. Um, And it depicted her as hard to work with. So if you weren't viewing her that Mm -hmm. way, you were like, oh my god, she's just a horrible person, but she's attractive, which is exactly what they were setting her up to be seen as. Um, But then, yeah, following this she's unsurprisingly blacklisted and the only roles she really got after this were Hot Girl, which was what she was getting anyway, but we'll talk about this a lot in future, in future, in about a minute, (laughs) the (laughs) role she had just gotten before this blacklisting really went down, um, Jennifer's body. Which showed her potential and that she could have done more. Mm. But they also hated on this film because of sexism. No. So,
0: Because no. people talk about how this is such like an underrated... And mm-hmm. I could never watch it because I'm scaredy cat. But like everyone always talks about how it's such an underrated horror film. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a classic because it subverts all these tropes. Yep. And yet she was treated badly <laughs> on the set When as we well. get
1: into this, you will have more to say on that sort of oh, thing, because, man. boy... um, But that showed that she could have been getting more roles, she could have been getting... Yes, mm-hmm. like, on the surface, people thought, oh, it's just Megan Fox being a hot girl again. It wasn't. If you watch film, that is not what it is. Um, is. Yeah. We'll get more into why people thought that in a minute, but, mm-hmm. Um, following the letter, Fox addressed her mislabelling and said, I have friends who are actresses who, if they go to work one day and they show up on set and they don't have a smile on their face, they're tagged a bitch. Um, That is really unfortunate, but I can't single-handedly change that process. I'm trying. So she was trying to like change the way that people were viewing actresses and women Mm. who did things that male actors did and no one cared about. And if you don't think this is a thing, there are still a lot of... um, I feel like it was Daisy Ridley said recently that someone told her that they thought she was... I don't mean like a bitch, but like a similar thing because she didn't smile a lot or something. Oh, she was quite shy and stuff like that. There's a lot of people who still Mm -hmm. have these comments just because they're shy or you don't always want to smile. And then they yeah. get labelled as a bad person. It's very gendered. <laughs> um, but yeah, in my opinion, when she began to talk and share her feelings and open up about how she was being mistreated and mislabelled, she shattered the illusion that she was just there to be sexualized or she was this like stupid bitch and yeah. stuff like that. She was shattering that. And at that point, yeah. they were like, no, sh- shut up and just look good again. And, yeah. uh. and so they didn't like that. So yeah. they treated her even worse. Um So yeah, this is the this is when we get onto Jennifer's body which is kind of the most telling account of Megan's mistreatment and mislabeling. So, if you want to learn more about this, there is a really good interview, like it's a reunion between um Megan Fox and Diablo Cody who is the writer of the film and she wrote Juno. Um, so, which interesting okay. point, wasn't just Megan who suffered because of this film, Diablo Cody because she won the Oscar for writing Juno. Was given pretty much free range to create whatever she wanted after this. Created Jennifer's body, and then they basically she was, that opportunity was, was taken away from her because of this film. Oh yes. God. Um, so, if you don't know about the film, it's a horror comedy, but like Holly says, it sort of subverts a lot of things. Diablo, Diablo Cody said she wanted to write about female friendship, but well, mainly she said she wanted to write about a girl that eats boys and it's sort of a lot of people now really love it because it has these allegories of female friendship but then also toxic friendships and then Mm -hmm. like pressures to look a certain way sexuality and growing up and adolescence it had it like it means a lot to a lot of people and megan Mm -hmm. fox has even said like it means a lot to her because there's like spoiler alert the scene in it where she's like sacrificed so that these men can have success and stuff and she said she related to that a lot in her life because she felt as though she was being sacrificed. And as much as she said, I am not happy, I'm miserable, Like, I feel mm. bad. And she was opening up about how she felt people didn't care. They would just let her go on yeah. and go on. Mm. Um, but the movie was a commercial failure, because mainly because the studio believed that the film needed to be marketed towards young men specifically, merely because Megan Fox was in the film. Literally, that was the only reason. And if you think that I'm over-exaggerating there, oh, <laughs> boy you'll learn um the fil- so basically a film that was about like female friendship women eating boys like all this like feminist stuff <laughs> blah, blah, um was marketed to young men between the ages of 18 and 24 because oh my God. like where was the logic um diablo emailed and asked one of the marketing execs from the studio what exactly they were thinking with that in regards to the marketing and all they responded no exaggeration here was just three words Megan Fox hot that was it this is a professional person and their response was Megan Fox hot that was it
0: (gasps) but that summarises one they let the film purposely flop because of the marketing Mm -hmm. they couldn't see anything else from Megan Fox's acting career from her acting potential she was and she's hot that was it she is there she is hot so obviously the only people who would be interested in this kind of Mm -hmm. feminist horror film is men who are gross yeah. at this point in their life. Yeah. <laughs> like 18 and to like, 24 is such a
1: terrible instead age Instead of doing like a open screen testing, they did a targeted one to that age range. Um. And then what happens is you finish the, the screening of it and then those people are given cards to fill out, mainly 18 to 24 years. I think there were some other people in there. But you're giving, yeah. given cards to fill out at the end and this kind of shows the mindset of the people in there because one boy responded to the question... What would you improve about this film? And responded with needs more boobs, but spelt boobs, and this and this was saying seriously. Spelt boobs, B E W B S, <laughs> and that was take that was collected and taken seriously. Was that was taken seriously. <laughs> and like this is so interesting because uh, in the interview as well, the Cody says one of her favorite lines in the film that she wrote. The, one of the favourite lines she wrote for it was, <laughs> again, spoiler alert, but Amanda Seyfried's character is stabbing uh, Megan Fox's character. That's a big spoiler, but I'm sorry. Um, And she, it's like, because it's a comedy as well, Megan Fox's character goes, my boob, because she stabs her in the heart. And then Amanda's character goes, no, your heart. And she said that was representing as, like, that would happen and men would look at it and go, oh my god, a boob. Yeah. And then she was being like, yeah. no, it's a body, it's a heart, and all this stuff. And I yeah. think that kind of shows exactly that, that all they were interested in was female body, attractive, good, mm, instead of, like, humans. Human beings. So this also coincides at the same time with a lot of the hate and media attention Megan's already getting, because it sort of comes out just after Transformers 2... Debacle. So a lot of bad stuffs okay. happening to Megan at this time. Yeah. Um, and then, as a result of the overt sexuali- sexualization of her by pretty much every pro- producer she had worked with, Megan says that she had a genuine psychological breakdown, where she didn't want to be seen in public at all because of the absolute certainty mm-hmm. that she would be mocked, spat at, and yelled at. Um, oh my God. And that was about, like just questioning, like w- how people were seeing her. That was where it got mm-hmm. her. This like fear of even going outside um she says that she spoke up about this happening at the time but because of how she looked and dressed and basically the mislabeling of her and her personality people refuse to believe her and she says that while she does label herself a feminist and is a feminist she doesn't believe that there's a face space for her in feminism and that feminists wouldn't want mm. her because that's a lot of what she received was that she was anti-feminist because of, like, how she dressed and the the way she looked. Yeah, because basically she was being, like, put out for the male gaze. But that wasn't her fault, but... No. (laughs) Anyway, so if you want some specific examples of how she was mistreated because people decided to put these labels on her, here we go. So, earlier I mentioned Bad Boys 2 and how she was underage and how she was objectified. Um, but worse than that when she talks about this people just kind of laugh it off so there's one quite famous clip now of her telling this story to jimmy kimmel um and she the i know she keeps putting emphasis on how young she is she goes like yeah i was 15 and then he laughs, and she was like 15 10th grade being like i was a yeah. child in high school um yeah but he only laughs. he doesn't really take it seriously. You can see she's uncomfortable. She's like rubbing her knees oh. and then, um she says, but well, I guess something like I guess that's how michael bay's mind's mind works, and he says that's how everybody's minds work uh <sighs> so yeah, her comments were just not taken seriously, and people just kind of left off the fact that she was sexualized as a child. Um, and then she says that while working on Transformers, I think this is part of the reason that she thought Michael Bay was so terrible to work with, is that she would ask for direction for her character in the scene and like what she was meant to be feeling and stuff like that. Serious questions, trying to be a serious actor. And all Michael Bay would respond to her was with like, just be sexy. That was it. No genuine direction. Just be sexy. They didn't want her to be a character. They didn't want her to have any yeah. personality other than sexy, hot. Um And then Shia LaBeouf, which, boo, but he did have some good things to say on this. Um, he was in Transformers with her, obviously, and he stated that Megan just kind of got tired of Bay saying all these things to her and stated that one of the things he would say is, like, in scenes, he would tell her to arch her back 70 degrees so that she would just be like... Mm. Instead of genuine direction. But oh he I think God. he continued to work in the Transformers films. I'm not sure, but like surely if you could recognise that was wrong, you would stop working in them. But he continued, but never mind. Mm. Um then, even worse, also to do with Transformers, um, she said she didn't get any say in her wardrobe. Um and if you remember the wardrobe from those films, it was teeny tiny shorts and like lots of stomach showing lots of everything showing really which is okay but i think she basically was saying that she would she wish she had some say in that and could have i don't know that she wanted that um and she was made to model these in front of michael bay in a room full of men and then as she's explaining this it's like a, a, a conference and michael bay's there and he like goes no only two men as in only two men were there and she then lists the men that were in the room Mm. so he was immediately trying to discredit her and make it seem like she was over exaggerating or she was a liar when she had a list she remembered she knew who was there Uh, and he just laughed off again like it was just laughed off and then (sighs) even worse jennifer's body stuff (laughs) in jennifer's body she had to film a scene where she walks naked in a lake, basically. It's quite a famous film. Okay. Doesn't show any actual nudity other than like her naked back, something like that. Uh but mm-hmm. she wanted as much privacy as possible for that scene scene because she'd been objectified so much, uh, and she could actually control this. Like she could control not showing yeah. people all of her body, and that was something that she wanted to yeah. retain Control force. So the crew cleared the area and she shot the scene while wearing nude underwear and nipple covers. So she was comfortable with that. And then she said, the last thing I had, it was the last thing I had that was mine. The last bit of privacy that I had was my body and I didn't want to show it. um And then she found out that a photographer had been there all the time and caught her. She said she felt violated and said, oh I wanted to keep that for myself and it was taken from me and I was really devastated. Oh. I broke down and cried. And apparently, I think this is in reference to the same thing, I just didn't know about it when I was watching it, in the like reunion with Diablo Cody, she says they're talking about some pictures that were taken when she was at the lake and I assume this is it, and how... They'd gotten one of the people that worked on the phones to call up Perez Hilton and basically beg him not to put the pictures online. I don't. I think he probably still put them up. They didn't say, but they that was how distraught she was. She had, She like was like, please call him. Don't let him put those up. Because she like she didn't want to be seen, and they wouldn't respect that. Um, That's so violated. Like it's beyond every kind
0: of violation. Hmm. As well. But it's
1: because people didn't see her as a person, they saw her as a body. No. But then
0: And the one thing she tried to hide mm. from them to protect herself, they were like, No, we are we have a right to see yeah. you because you're an object and
1: you have no feelings and you have no autonomy. And they didn't wanna God, they didn't want to listen to her say, actually I'd rather you didn't do that. No. Uh, yeah. but then like in terms of the mistreatment because she was labelled as hard to work with or a bitch, I think that's probably just most evident in the fact that she receives less opportunities now and um Though a lot of the just everyday hatred you would see and see, and just people commenting like, "Oh, I don't like Megan Fox," stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. and the fact that she doesn't believe that there's a space for feminism, I just think shows that like people didn't yeah. respect her and what she had to say. And no. I think they definitely would now because even she says like part of the thing they got wrong with the marketing is they thought all Megan Fox fans were. Like teenage boys, young men, yeah. But she was like, most of my fans are young women, like they're young girls, yeah. stuff like that. That's who goes up to her and asks for her autograph because. So mm. they they just made a full mistake in how they marketed not just the film but how they marketed Megan Fox. Um, yeah. But then if, a quick update on where we are now with Megan. She's obviously talked a lot more open about this now, um, and some of a lot of other people and films like Jennifer's Body are allowing her to be like. Reevaluate, be re- reevaluated. Yeah. Like the film is being re re-evaluate- reevaluated as like a feminist classic, and now people are looking at yeah. her and they're being like, "Hang on, we let this girl down." And if you go online, yeah. you can find so many videos of like Megan Fox being a lovely human and stuff like that. Yeah, or like n- interviews being sexist to megan fox and then there's like loads of clips of her signing people's photos and men like telling her to sign a photo of her and it's like her head photoshopped onto a naked body um which again oh the only God. thing she wanted to try and retain and have control over and they're like no we're not gonna let you and you can see her just like uncomfortably go i can't sign that and then move oh, on okay. like so yeah, we're getting a lot of new like reevaluating of who Megan Fox is, and people can see that she was she did actually have some talent. I don't think it got to be mm-hmm. displayed very much because she didn't get any direction in films other than Be Hot. But in Jennifer's Body, people say she actually has good comedic timing, um mm-hmm. and a lot of people liked her when she was a new girl as well. So I think she does have like more potential than people realised. I think as well, the fact that she does have comedic timing is a surprise to a lot of people because they were just like, oh, attractive can't be funny. Um, (laughs) Women can't be funny. Never mind
0: (laughs) super (laughs) attractive That's so true.
1: Um, (laughs) And she seems to just be a really happy mum to three children and a really good mum she's so supportive of them and she even says that one of she always talks about how creative one of her sons is and i think he does a lot of stuff with clothing and one halloween he dressed as a zombie cheerleader and she said she was like oh i actually played a character that was pretty much a zombie cheerleader and he wanted to see it and so he was quite young but i think she showed him one (laughs) i think she showed him one scene and he got like petrified and she was like don't it's me i'm fine i'm fine um (laughs) And she said that, like in future, she thinks he'll probably go as Jennifer from Jennifer's Body for Halloween one year. And like, it's just she seems really supportive and sweet, and oh, so lovely. And also, when I watch, I really recommend people go and at least watch a bit of the reunion with Diablo Cody because I don't know how anyone had this view of her as like, like just a body who was like unintelligent and rude. She seems so like kind, and she listens, and she questions, and she seems intelligent. Like she speaks with Mm -hmm. such like. You know, like most people, like we do it, with when you talk, you're like, um, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Like, everything yeah. she says is so confident and like, yeah. oh, just really well spoken. <laughs> she also <laughs> is the, ex- most recently, is the executive producer and creator of a show about archeo- archaeological controversies, um, which I think is a good response to the people who called her Dumb as a Rock. She literally has her own documentary show. <laughs> However, apparently... I also enjoyed learning about this show. Apparently, the documentary has pissed off a lot of archaeologists <laughs> <laughs> because apparently she's showing like potential alternative history. So I think she has some quite like not oh uh, what's the word? What's a nice way of putting it? Like a alternate belief system, basically. Okay. Um, it seems to me that the way the archaeolog like archaeologists view Megan Fox is like how doctors view goop and stuff like that however there's (laughs) an vice article review on it that describes it as the weirdest tv show the weirdest show on tv but they seem to love it because it seems like they're describing it as something that is so bizarre that it's actually incredible (laughs) because it's like megan fox just going to these places i think she goes like stonehenge and they're like how did it get here? And they come up with these weird ways that it could have got there, and it just seems really surreal because it's Megan Fox at Stonehenge, and like, so it actually really made me want to watch it. But that's where we're at now, and I think the whole thing just kind of shows that like she is not the only person who has been mislabeled, and not the only woman who's mm. been mislabeled as only a body, no brain, no talent, no acting skills, yeah. not smart. Um, and then when she showed anything alternative to that. She was blacklisted. She was hated on to the extent that she didn't want to be seen in public. And like now, we're tra- we're seeing different ways, and like we're seeing how she spoke out against that. Um, like she says that she thinks like the Me Too movement happened, and she felt like she was going through that like years before it even happened. Yeah, and there was no support yeah. for her when she was saying that. Mm-hmm. So I think people are seeing that now, and there's a lot more respect for her and how she challenged. The way people wanted to label her and how she's still doing that now. Yeah. And gotta lover. Gotta love her. Gotta love her. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really
0: positive to hear mm. that, you know, she's still talking about stuff and she's still you know, she seems quite content yeah. and happy with her life. But I would I say that if she, she seems content. Yeah.
1: Anyway, Karen. And that's
0: love that's what you yeah. want for people who've gone through any mm. kind of media machine because it's just like you get harassed mm. and the fact that one day you could wake up and people suddenly someone has decided that they know exactly yeah. who you are and how you will represent yourself and then they will slander you and call you a nightmare to work mm. with and all this just like couch misogynistic language and you go um no and then they're like Oh no! You've opened your mouth now. You're too. You're too much yeah. for us.
1: You basically go hide. Go you've away. You've proved what they were saying because you've spoken out against yes. it. You've proven that you're probably just not a nice person and you're hard to work with. And meh. so,
0: my woman that I will be talking about <clears throat> has a long history of title breaking, world beating. <clears throat> one of the most incredible athletes in the world. Yeah. I would yep. say um, but for our younger listeners who aren't, maybe they're not too sure who she is because she, she hasn't retired from tennis but she's doing other things
1: younger younger people don't actually know what tennis
0: is so <laughs> you stand across a court <laughs> and
1: you chuck a ball at each other it's really weird if you try and describe it any sport it. that
0: you try and describe um, so we're talking about Serena Williams today Woo! Um, because she's incredible but she has faced so much racism and sexism from the beginning oh yeah uh, because she is and her sister mm-hmm. are African-American women in a predominantly white sport so
1: yeah tennis very white very privileged so
0: sport. i'm just gonna read out a small selection of her successes because i feel like that's important because people forget i don't mm. think they forget i think they just look over how successful as a player she actually is so she's a former yeah. world number one in women's singles tennis she's won 23 grand slam singles titles which is the most of any player in the open era which is from like 2000 upwards um and it's mm. she's the second most of all time. She was ranked number one in singles on eight separate occasions between 2002 and 2017. That is such a long time. That's 15 years. On her sixth occasion, yeah. she held the ranking for 186 consecutive weeks and has been number one for a total of 319 weeks over her career. Um, She holds the most Grand Slam titles in singles, doubles, mixed doubles combined with any other active player, she and her older sister Venus are the most recent players to have held all four Grand Slam Women's Doubles titles simultaneously between 2009 and 2010. So if anyone has free afternoon, just go and have a look at how many things this woman's won because, oh boy, <laughs> everything. She's won everything.
1: I don't even like tennis. <laughs> and I would like to watch her play. Yeah,
0: yes, yeah, because she has a power Yeah, in her... Sport that I think it's a joy. It's it is a joy to watch. I my well, theory with tennis is you've got to watch the final set because all yeah, the rest of it is boring in a build up. Until boring. then, you've got to see the the last bit, last volleys when they're trying to win. Yeah. So that's my mm. advice on watching tennis.
1: <laughs> it's true. She's
0: not yet forty. She's thirty nine years old as well. So that is just
1: madness. Mad. Madness. Do you know when? Like I'm not obviously. I don't think she looks forty at all. But you know when someone's been being, being around for so yeah. long, like such a big part of your life, that you're surprised at how young yeah. they are? Because it's like, you've done <laughs> so, much. so much throughout my life yeah. and you're just not even
0: fortunate <laughs> <them. Yes>. Okay. <laughs> but, unfortunately, the sisters have been subjected to racist treatment since they began in the professional sphere in 1995. So, uh, throughout her career, there have been many instances where she has been fined for breaking her racket and being verbally abusive to line coaches and according to the umpires, they have fined a for what they term outbursts. So, okay, I think this is an issue with probably the gender difference in the treatment between male players and female players. Anyway, yeah, but also to have a black woman in this very like old colonial sport and Wimbledon, everyone's yeah. all the royals are watching it. They're all sitting in suits, and it's like you got to wear white. Yeah. It's very like old worldy. Prestige. Yeah. I think they just don't like. I just think they will yeah. go for anybody who's different and so successful. Yeah. Like she's such a powerful player, and yeah, I think.
1: But like, I, I maybe going into this, but she can't. Well, I know for a fact she's not the only one that deals with like, like. Okay, just listen to the description. Sports person who trains consistently, <laughs> losers or. Something goes wrong, reacts aggressively or like quite more than you would expect. Does that not just kind of describe a lot of sports people? Like that's very common behaviour. Like it sounds abnormal, but if you've ever known anyone that's like a proper sports person, which is not the way you should describe them, but you know (laughs) what I mean. They train so much. Yeah. Is that life? Everything into it, and then when it goes wrong. That's that's kind of a common thing. I think I don't know anyone that reacts to like okay something's gone wrong. My reaction is just to stand here and smile. Like that's yeah. not. Yeah,
0: and I think that's the difference between like the female thing as well. That yeah, they're expected to be demure and always just accept yeah. the male umpire's decision, and then that's final, and you respect yeah. the court, and you and like nobody deserves to be verbally abused at work. Fully, no, no, no. you don't deserve to be screamed at, but also <laughs> no. They can, male tennis players can shout, they can break rackets, they can argue with the umpire, and they are not penalised as much as Serena Williams has been. Mm-hmm. And they fine her all the time. They normally say, so it's like, you get like a verbal warning, and then if you do it again, you get fined. But they're more, yeah. they go for Serena more. And they fine her yeah. quicker than they do like male counterparts. Oh, So we're just getting started. So it kind of began, <laughs> in, it didn't begin, yeah. but like, the biggest but yeah. Disparity was in 2001. There was a tournament in India, Wells, in California, where Serena and Venus were in the final, but they were booed mm-hmm. at by the crowd of a tennis match, which again doesn't happen because what? the crowd thought that um, their coach had match fixed it so that one of them could win because the sisters were playing what? each other. Um, and then she also.
1: But don't they have to. Okay, no, okay, carry on. <laughs>
0: She heard people using, shouting slurs at her from the crowd, like racial slurs, and against her coach. And um, the comments didn't stop after the incident. So people were still going like, well, it's obvious that one of them, it was a rigged thing, it was Matt. it was fixed. Um, Just because they were sisters and had the same coach. It can't be that they're the best people... (laughs)
1: <laughs> no 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 it could never can be, that. be that never be that they're genuinely talented yeah. no from like I mean it's not like with them it's always an issue of sexism and race yes. as well it's not just sexism but like there is a common thing of like any time a woman is successful it has to be explained explained yeah. it, like has to be explained some way like all the people who are like oh she got there by sleeping her way to yeah. the top or it's fixed or it's this or it's that and like there's so many like ways that whenever a woman is successful or someone who's not a white man it has to be explained away with like how did they get there because it's impossible yes. for them sometimes people are just that good <laughs> <Yeah>. accept it <laughs> move on
0: um at the beginning of their career uh, there were commentators like chris everett john McEnroe, and mary carillo who called their hair beads noisy disruptive as the beads oh would God. often break and scatter across the court Nancy E. Spencer, a scholar, has characterised their commentary as a dismissal of their hairstyles to other the sisters in their white-dominated sport that was obsessed with their appearance. And really just, they were always talked about the physicality. It was disgusting. Uh, she's been accused by white commentators of using steroids, um, gaining her strength because of her race. And uh, they've done also everything to present her as unfeminine. The Russian Federation president called the Williams siblings the Williams brothers. Not that long ago. And yes, he was fired for it, but hasn't changed very much because Matthew Norman in The Telegraph in 2006 commented on her breasts and Jason Whitlock in Fox Sports 2009 commented on her buttocks in like, and these are disgusting comments. Like they are just racialized and sexualized and it's disgusting. Mm. Um, But I will, there's a Vox video that I watched that goes through them all. So if you want to see them. I recommend watching that video. It's yeah. five years old, but she still has to deal with all this same shit. I think shit. it's so
1: important. Yeah, I think it's important that we probably go and watch that video because like, if you can, to just know that, like, even though Holly's described it, things were really hard and continue to be really hard just because of her gender and her race and because, she, yeah, basically tennis is a white-dominated sport. And they want to keep, do you know what, and
0: the commentators, they want to keep it that way. And what do they do? They do it by othering the people of colour players Mm -hmm. and they go and they attack them and make them seem, appear different. Uh, I can't remember what year this was, but another tennis player called Carolina... Wozniacki mocks Serena's body yeah. by stuffing her outfit with towels in an exhibition match against Marina Sharapova, and I re- it looks about like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, so around about the same. Oh point. my god! And it's disgusting. She's like parading around, and she looks really like happy, and she's smiling, and it's like, oh my god, Jesus Christ! You are just racist. Her body is constantly policed. Um, there was a debate about whether the compression catsuit that she wore a couple of years ago for health reasons. For health was reasons.
1: For, wasn't it for, like, blood clots?
0: Yeah. she had a pulmonary yeah. embolism when she had her baby. And so she had to have, like, an emergency C-section and stuff. And so she she's prone to blood clots. So this was what the the cat suit was for. Yeah.
1: It, it, right, if you know, like, anyone that's had, like, blood clots, basically a lot of the time you have to, like, look, for example, if you have, like, deep vein thrombo- thrombosis, to deal with it a lot of the time you have to wear, like, a compression mm-hmm. sock to, like, compress everything in to make sure you don't get them again yeah. so if that's the case if you're that prone to it why could people not understand or at least use some basic science to think huh hmm, okay maybe this was necessary for her life jesus
0: and then they banned. i think mm-hmm. for the french open the french guy that ran it banned it because after she wanted why? to wear it because he thought it was like a, a, a slight against tennis what was
1: the issue with it like what was the, the actual think issue with it? because it
0: was form fitting.
1: Because it was form fitting. Like, unlike like okay, so in the early days of tennis, what girls were wearing the little tennis still skirts, are. and then like people, yeah, it's people were photographing them with like their tennis skirt coming up and stuff yeah. like that. and well, it was that fe- Yeah, what
0: is that picture that is? There's is a in, famous picture. It's in every bloody house. Yeah, still
1: exactly, and it's like the girl's tennis skirt is up, and you can see her underwear. Is that what you want? Is that's allowed? Yeah. That's allowed when that's like, oh, yeah, okay, mm. so we can see, like, occasionally we can see her pants, but that's good for her. But when someone's doing it for health purposes, nope. too far. You can see a shape of a body. What? Okay.
0: <laughs> and so, again, she wasn't allowed to wear the catsuit anymore. She wasn't allowed to wear her tutu, which she just wanted to wear. Like, why? It was, they just, everything she did. And actually, I watched this really good um, Channel 4 piece that they did on it after mm. the, I mean, the 2018 US Open, which we'll get onto in a bit. Yeah. Um, and one sports commentator put it uh, at the time: everything she did had this massive spotlight on it. Anyway, so anything mm. she did had a backlash to it, no matter what it is. Yeah. It could be okay. So, 2018 US Open women's final between Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams, mm-hmm. and Osaka wins it to become the first. Okay. um she becomes Japan's first Grand Slam singles champion. She's 20 okay. years old. She is also the first. Oh. Uh she is Japanese Haitian. So she's, you know, has this mixed heritage. And is also yeah. the first in doing all these things. So it's an amazing win. She's 20 years old and she's yeah. beaten Serena Williams.
1: Well done. Yes.
0: Uh however, this win was overshadowed when uh the umpire decided that uh, Serena Williams He gave her three code violations. One for receiving coaching during the match from her coach in the stands. I don't know how much they can like. They give them hand signals, but also that's not really coaching. Like, how much can you convey? Maybe it's it's supposed sign language, but
1: I guess I don't know enough about that to comment on that one. I don't know. I don't know how. Who's like who's watching for that? Like, yeah. yeah, Anyway,
0: um, I don't get that one. So she also broke her racket and she called Ramos a thief for calling her out on this and she called him sexist okay so she then says for me to say thief and for him to take a game it made me feel like it was a sexist remark he's never taken a game from a man because they said thief williams said um but then on the podium (laughs) uh naomi osaka is sobbing because the crowd is booing against the umpire's decision so they're supposed wow. to be receiving like their medals and <laughs> serena williams as um mega greenwell on the channel 4 news that she was like she serena's doing the emotional labor of hugging osaka and saying to her like don't and then she says to the crowd, like, don't take this away from her. This is her moment, like nothing you can do can take. And so she's like, she's doing she has to do so much in that moment yeah. to just balance it. And to not make yeah. this young girl feel terrible with about her historic win, to stop yeah. the crowd from booing against the umpire. The umpire's made his decision, she's been fined. And it's like, God, she just I don't know how she navigated any of that because I know her anger was just instantly invalidated by what yeah. happened afterwards so mm-hmm. um there is a double standard in the rules between how men and women are treated for similar actions uh acts of ir- irritation against this same umpire Umpi he was doing um a djokovic match and djokovic yeah. had questioned something and he was only given a warning he wasn't fined on the spot this was like a couple oh this was like God. a couple of weeks ago it's probably in the same open um so this then spurred the various members of the media into a racist attack against her. Most infamously, it's the racist caricature Mark Knight created for the Australian Herald Sun, where, as Professor Brooke Newman for the Washington Post put it, a seething, oversized Williams with thick lips and wild, upright hair jumps on a smashed racket, unable to control her rage at losing the championship. Nearby lies a discarded pacifier dummy, when in the background a white male umpire says to Williams' willowy, blonde haired opponent, which Naomi Osaka is not, Can't you just let her win? Here, Knight, like other sports commentators, has willfully erased Osaka's ancestry as a multiracial woman of Japanese-Haitian heritage, and transformed her into a demure, rule-abiding white female counterpart to Williams' supposedly angry black female. Ramos is also reduced to a lean white male to further emphasise Williams's cartoonish black girth. So, this cartoon <laughs> is disgraceful. I remember when it came out and everyone was like, is this the... Wh- who signed off on this? But yeah. they double downed on it. Uh, Knight and the Australian Herald they claimed that he was only critiquing her bad behaviour of sporting superstars. But by he does it by playing into the same colonial racist rhetoric. Yeah, like,
1: why? Why did he change the two, like the looks of the two other people? Right. It makes no sense.
0: He because he was oh, I don't know. He just said he didn't own up to it, which was just terrible. Um, And there's this really great essay on the Sapphire caricature from Ferris State University and the Jim Crow Museum of Racist Memorabilia Mm -hmm. that tracks the history of the Sapphire caricature that portrays black women as rude, loud, malicious, stubborn, and overbearing. And this was popularized through television and film. So this is like proper Jim Crow era, 1950s America. So in it, they write, the Sapphire caricature is a harsh portrayal of African American women but it is more than that. It is a social control mechanism that is employed to punish black women who violate the societal norms that encourage them to be passive, servile, non-threatening, and unseen. And I also re-watched uh, Khadija's essay, video essay on racial stereotypes and emotional intelligence for this app, which is okay. great because she yeah. talks about this book that she's read that does talk about like the different levels of emotional intelligence right. and understanding your own emotional responses to things but also how the stereotype gives permission to the notion that all black women are born with in air quotes sassy personalities of this caricature Um, and it's used against black women like serenity williams and michelle obama just because they're not adhering to the races like made up expectations that they're supposed to be passive demure not say anything and she puts it into a really great context when she says this limits the emotional range of black women to stereotypes and reinforces the control over a black woman's behavior at all times. Because it's like, how could you? What What's the correct way to act in this world? Is it to say nothing? Even though yeah. this person is degrading you and yeah. unfairly treating you in your sport, mm. which you are, lest we forget, the world champion. <laughs> she is so... I know. So, yeah. So that's kind of the main incident, I think, in recent times. But there have been many, like as we said, she's always been treated with kind of racism and degradation from her sport, which is insane. But she's this massive role model because she is a person of colour who is the best in the world at a white dominated sport. And that's something they can never take away from her is how great she actually is at her sport so more recently she's been expanding her empire she has a clothing brand and uh, she's in several of beyonce's lemonade visual album songs which she is credible in um yeah and she continues to speak out about racism she said in an interview there was a time when i didn't feel incredibly comfortable about my body because i felt like i was too strong i had to take a second to think who says i'm too strong this body has enabled me to be the greatest player that I can be, and now my body is in style, so I'm feeling good about it. And she laughs, like I'm finally in style. It took a while to get there. I just, I'm just really thankful for the way I was brought up by my mom and my dad to give me that confidence. I could have been discouraged, and I wouldn't been, I wouldn't be as great as I was because I would have <laughs> done different exercises or I would have done different things. I totally embrace who I am and what I am. And in January this year. Twenty twenty one she was another she was subjected to another racist and misogynistic attack, this time from Ion Ion Triaric, who owns the Madrid Open, who okay. referred to Williams as a monster by saying At this age and the weight she is now, she does not move as easily as she did fifteen years ago. Serena was a sensational player. If she had a little decency, she would retire. So
1: what? <laughs> The comments on her body are obviously fueled by race and racism, obviously. Yeah. But I think it also speaks to a thing like why, like one, women's bodies should never be in fashion. Yes. It should just like there shouldn't be fashion concerning no. bodies. And two, why aren't female bodies allowed to be like strong? Yeah. Like why? Like why is the, why. If if you're like the best in your sport, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you like be muscular? Yeah, do you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, why why do they still expect like they're expecting this long lean body? But like, why is there never like why are you never allowed to like have big muscles? Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think like that's something that men are so praised for, and like masculinity is a lot based in like big and big yeah. muscles of being big. And like how powerful, like the powerfulness associated with that. Mm. Why is that not allowed for women? Because they don't want people to be powerful. Absolutely. Probably. It's like yeah. if you're
0: small and if you're weak and if you, you're not very strong, then you can't fight back. <laughs> you can't Yeah,
1: exactly. Like It's all about being um, a tiny but... little child
0: and Yeah. <laughs> anybody that is actually like, no, I am I am the best <laughs> tennis player in the world. I my body is doing exactly what I want it exactly. to do. <laughs> there is nothing, ro- there is nothing wrong with anybody's bodies, but
1: no, obviously not. But like, if someone's the best in the world, why are you going to comment on their body? It's clearly working for them. Like, because what? it's why... because
0: it's a different body. She, I know, she has a black woman's body because she's a black yeah.
1: woman, and, I mean. and it's like, and now like that's why it's so frustrating that like you have white women blackfishing yes and like they're praise for it when she has spent a career of people saying like Everything, mocking yeah. her for her body yeah. and yeah tearing it apart how aggravating mm-hmm. that must be it oh it's disgusting for it to
0: be in style as well and i think yeah. especially now that we're getting older i mm-hmm. definitely think growing up with what do they call it like heroin chic, where quotes like super super skinny and people Mm -hmm. talking about how with low rise jeans your stomach was like an accessory to your look yeah and i think now that there's a different body type that everybody is like aspiring for yeah it's like god who decides this does someone just flip over one day and go right how do we make how do we give a whole new age of women complexes about so it's every 10 years that everything changes again and everyone's like oh no well that body's in oh no well that's no that figure is not exactly that, what. Yeah. We're after now. it's bizarre. Exactly, it's bizarre. Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, so the journalist in when this man says his sexist stuff actually called him out, which apparently is the only surprising thing because this man has attacked Serena Williams before throughout okay. her career, and he was actually like, mm, "Well, that's not a great thing to say. You shouldn't be saying <laughs> this kind of thing." And in the past week, with the Meghan and Harry Oprah interview. Uh, Serena tweeted support for her friend, where she said, "I know firsthand that sexism and racism, institutions and the media, use to vilify women and people of color to minimize yeah. us, to break us down and demonize us. We must recognize our obligation to decry malicious, unfound gossip and tabloid journalism. The mental health consequences of systemic oppression and victimization are devastating, isolating, and all too often lethal." So, I think Serena Williams is should. Well, she will go down in history as one of the best, greatest yeah. athletes of all time. When she always puts herself in the fire and it's when she speaks out against treatment that she <laughs> sees as what's been happening to her in real time. Yeah, but just happening in front of it. It's coming from an umpire. It's not coming from a tabloid yeah. journalist. And she gets vilified for it. And I hope that well, going it, forward, that yeah. maybe people would go, Oh no, there is an issue. She's opened the debate like she did in twenty eighteen. And maybe they need to do anti-racist training for umpires, or encourage more people of color to become tennis players, because yes. <laughs> it's incredibly white, and yeah. apparently that's the way they want it to be. Because there's no, and also they say like with the tennis federations, when it is these like the head of the Russian Federation calling them the Williams brothers, there's no incentive from the higher up. They don't get punished. They are allowed to remain as the head of the madrid club or because they're rich white men yeah. and yeah. they don't they will never change their rhetoric so that could be some a way forward because it's not yes. serena's fault and she's not going anywhere
1: right.
0: no <laughs> they need to think, stop
1: like there i think there's just like the comparison between like both things we've talked about of like people who have said hey I don't like the treatment of me, mm. and I'm giving you genuine reasons why I think it's wrong, and that has led to them receiving more hate. Yeah. And, like be, like you say, vilified for speaking out. Um, and kind of proving what they're saying more, because they're expected to be, like, quiet yeah. and demure, and they're not, and nor should they be. But I think that's the thing that, at least now... I do have some hope that we are listening, mm-hmm. and then going back and listening to things they've said in the past, and said, you know what, we've let the, like we've let people down,
0: mm, absolutely,
1: and we don't want to do it again, and so may- maybe that will encourage more people of colour to get into tennis and sports like that that are dem- or like just places in the world that have been like dominated by white men, yeah, and then white women as well after that. But, yeah, we just need to work on it collectively and call mm. these things out and then go back and be like, you know what? Yes, we were wrong. Yeah. Let's change it. Yeah. I don't
0: know. Yeah, that, I think, is the the end of our mislabeled women saga. Of course, it's not the only two mislabeled women. No.
1: <laughs> no. Obviously existed. not. And I think, like, within... But yeah, I think I think maybe we tied to two areas that Yeah. Are, I don't want to say the most common for mislab- mislabeling women, but sports is probably one of the worst. No, sports is one of the worst, but I don't think people recognize it as much.
0: I don't think so. And then
1: no, and then obviously media, the media and the movie industry and Hollywood Obviously, that's terrible for it. So, there's no way are we saying this is the two people who this no. has happened to. <laughs> Especially <laughs> with Megan Fox, there are a lot of like women of color in Hollywood that have been treated just as badly and worse, yeah. and probably a lot of them have been worse. And so, I think we would love to hear like some of them and like who you think has been mistreated and absolutely. Yeah, we want to know more. Um, because maybe you've learned some stuff about like who we've talked about today. But we want to learn about who else is this happened to. And who we should be angry about as well. Because we will be angry. And we, yeah. <laughs> just let us be even more angry. So please, <laughs> please like, DM us and be like, hey. You should what have about this about person? This person. Yeah. Because yeah, we should have. <laughs> There's a lot of people <laughs> yeah. that we should have talked about. And maybe you'll mention it. And we'll be like, hang on. We need to do a whole podcast for this person. Mm-hmm. Or we'll think, hang on. We just need to watch some documentaries on this person because they sound great. Uh, But yeah, we would love to hear about more people who you think have been mislabeled and then mistreated and have fought against it. That would be great! (laughs) Um, Holly, do you have any final thoughts or should we go to TikToks of the week?
0: I just think, I don't know, I feel more like sad than I thought I would. I thought I would feel kind of like, oh, yeah, talking about this again, but I just feel sad (laughs) that...
1: Yeah.
0: Talented women
1: Ooh.
0: in the world. In the world, in the eye. Yeah. And they have to go through the same battles over and over and over again. And it's yeah, I mean, and it's I'm... ten times harder for women of colour.
1: Absolutely yeah, we know that. And
0: Megan Fox has pretty privilege, but also she the way <laughs> she was treated was so limiting because they wanted yeah. her to be a doll. They wanted her to be something yeah. that had no brain that they could just look at and sexualise and that must feel dehumanizing. No wonder she had a breakdown. Yeah. No wonder when you said no. she didn't want to leave the house, I was like Britney Spears. It's
1: it, I feel like every time, every time I hear like these stories, I'm like, well, it all sounds the same. It all links back. And like it last does. week when we talked about Billie Eilish, and you said about her being like, yeah, I could like I fully see why Britney Spears mm. was coming from. And it's like, yeah, because this isn't like. This isn't you. No. This is a media. This is an industry that are causing you to feel this way. Like Megan Fox was saying, they're drained. Yeah. They are literally drained until they have nothing left to give, yeah. but it's okay because they've given everything and everyone else is okay. Yeah. I don't know. Go watch some of the stuff we'll link below if you've got time. Um, There's some interesting stuff out there. Absolutely. And some interesting documentaries and stuff like that. And... Yeah, if you fancy watching a film tonight and you fancy checking out Jennifer's Body, go for it. <laughs> I mean, it's very, I will say, it's like a very 2000s film, and if you like that sort of vibe, I i would describe it like Mean Girls with Murder. <laughs> <laughs> That's so the elevator like that pitch. So, you yeah, if it. you like that sort of vibe, go on, go on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, TikToks, yes, then. Yes, TikToks of the week. This is the segment in the podcast that we end on to lighten the mood again, but also to recommend TikToks because we always mention them and never say people's names, and that's not great. That's not okay. Also, we have our own TikTok as well. That you can go check out. It has small clips from the podcast. There'll be clips from this podcast on there this week, so check it out. Um. So, do you want me to go first? Holly? Yeah, you go first. So my TikTok of the week is by at Celebrity Memoir Book Club. Oh, I
0: love this account. I yeah, love
1: okay, this is good. But the reason I chose this is because sometimes I like to pick TikToks that give us a nice update on kind of what we've talked about in podcasts. So this kind of gave us some more Scientology information. Ooh, uh, okay. if, you, if you're a big uh, Culture Hang fan, we have a podcast on Scientology and we talk about Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> um. So apparently the Church of Scientology believe that Elron Hubbard Hubbard, who is the founder, uh-huh. um, has been reborn into Surrey Cruz.
0: <gasps> which we don't know
1: is the child of Tom Cruise and no. Katie Holmes. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh my god. Um so now you might understand where Katie Holmes got the hell away <sighs> and took Surrey with her. Anyway oh, no. This was revealed in Leah Romini's memoir I think recently I learned I was saying Ramini wrong, so I'm sorry if I am. I think we said Remini before, which isn't that. Remini, Remini. Okay, well, one of them. Um, <laughs> She has a celebrity memoir, <laughs> and she talks about a lot about Scientology, as she was a Scientologist. Yeah. We talk more about her in the podcast. Go check it out. Um, But she says that she was... She says that she was at uh, Tom and Katie's rehearsal dinner, that's Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes, for their wedding, and she heard a baby crying in the bathroom. So she went in to check out what was happening and she found the women that were meant to be caring for Surrey that night just standing there and talking to her as if she was Elron Ron Hubbard <gasps> and asking her to stop crying instead of doing anything. So oh, Leah Bramini was like, Have you tried feeding her? <laughs> and was genuinely trying to care for Surrey Crude, but they yeah, everyone else there was like Ron Elron oh, no. or whatever Mr. Hubbard, please stop crying! We're really tired. So, uh, that was just. I thought that was a nice little Scientology update um, and a little little bit more information on Scientology that uh, really supports what we were saying that it's not good. And that's kind of what everyone says. (laughs) Okay, Holly, TikTok of the week.
0: Um, Well, I've seen quite a lot of these uh, videos from this account called greedy peasant where people do this man does skits um based on like medieval statues and he goes like oh my god mary what have you been doing and it's like a statue of of virgin mary and she's like i'm doing nothing like what are you talking about (laughs) and then everyone's like no but you've got a new cloak what do you what's your new cloak on and then she's like oh this and it's like a statue that opens up and has like a full baby jesus situation inside and she's like
1: Oh my yes, god! Yeah, it's
0: really renovated. I am paraphrasing and messing it up, but they are very, very funny. I will. Yeah, yeah, they are great.
1: Well, we've mentioned the ads here, so you can go check them out if you want. But also, we'll probably share them on the Instagram later in the week. Oui, oui. Um, so I think that's it for today and today's podcast. Go check um, out
0: Remember When our new mini yes. minisodes. Thank we you, talked everybody who um, has.
1: Oh, yeah, we should give a quick shout-out to the Little Women podcast. They're also a podcast, and they came on our podcast, which is fun. (laughs) Uh, They came on Remember When. They talked about Taylor Swift. It's a nice little parallel to kind of what we've talked about today and, like, you know, how the industry isn't great. Um, (laughs) This time, the music industry. (laughs) So if you want to check that out, please go do that or please go check out the little Women podcast we have put links in the remember when yep. episode that you can go click to find to support their podcast um they're lovely girls they are. So. um yeah that's it for today i hope you have a nice week Indeed. and yeah we, we love you we love Thanks. you we love you <laughs> <laughs> okay bye, bye.